Hello, and welcome back to Sense and Spirituality. My name is Sheila McGregor, and I am so glad that you have joined me today. As we approach Mother's Day on May 9th, I want to acknowledge that this has been an extremely trying year for many families. Some of you, I expect, are experiencing greater tension in your home this year, especially if you have young children. Because of COVID-19, you are forced to be both parent and teacher. Along with this, you probably have your own work to do. What's more, you have got to get it all done without the assistance of the family and friends who may normally have helped you in the past. Isolation means children are experiencing greater instances of depression, and you are likely feeling jaded and out of sorts too. Be assured that you are not alone. You are not a bad parent. You are a parent doing the best you can under extremely difficult and trying circumstances. For this reason, I encourage you to check out one of London, Ontario's best kept secrets, Marymount Family Support and Crisis Centre. Call 519-434-6848 or check them out online at www.marymount.on.ca. Your family does not have to reach the point of disaster before you access its largely free services. It's there to help build stronger and healthier families. And if that means you need a break in order to be a better parent, a better parent, Marymount is there to help you, not only through parenting support groups, but also with programs and care, including overnight care, for your children aged infant to age 12. You don't need to go it alone. And if you don't live in the London area, be sure to check out CMHA at 1-866-531-2600. There is help nearby. Back in 1984, while I was studying in St. Andrews, Scotland, I attended a Sunday morning worship service at Hope Park Church. I would often attend the services there, but there is one particular Sunday I will never forget. The senior minister, Reverend Bill Henney, stepped into the chancel with his new student minister at his side. As soon as they entered, an elderly woman in the front pew immediately jumped up out of her seat and marched briskly out of the sanctuary. I will never forget her expression. She had a face just like a meat axe. I wondered what on earth had upset her so. I was soon to find out. The new student minister, James Nelson, was the first ever convicted murderer to become a minister in the Church of Scotland. In 1969, at the age of 24, he had beaten his mother to death at their home in Garrow Hill and was sentenced to life imprisonment. During his time inside, it seems that Nelson experienced a conversion and decided to become a minister in the Church of Scotland, the Presbyterian Church. He began his studies while in jail. Released on parole after serving nine years, 
he applied to enter the ministry of the Church of Scotland, then began a course of studies at St. Mary's College, St. Andrews. The incident I witnessed took place while he was still serving as a student assistant and before he was ordained. While needless to say, there was a great deal of controversy about whether Nelson should have been ordained, um, and he apparently had never shown any remorse for what he had done, so people wondered, should we really be ordaining this person? I remember discussing the matter with my father when I returned home to Canada. My dad was not a violent man and certainly never condoned Nelson's actions or indeed any sort of physical abuse towards another human being. But I do remember him saying, while that woman who stormed out of the church that day, um, you know, she may have been thinking of uh, someone other than the kind of mother that uh, Nelson had. And she was probably imagining that his mother was like one of those saintly and angelic mothers that appear on Hallmark greeting cards. Then my dad said, my guess is that Nelson's mother was anything but. And he was right. Later I read that James Nelson was born in 1945 into a very unhappy household. His father, a church organist, was a stern parent who subjected James and his sister Anne to a regime of intimidation and frequent beatings. The mother could be nasty and emotionally cruel, with a particularly abusive tongue. Did she deserve to die in this way? Of course not. I tell this story as a way of naming the elephant in the room. Families are not perfect. Children are not perfect. Parents are not perfect. Most of us, I think, were probably blessed with good parents, not perfect parents but parents who loved us and cared about us and who did the best they could with what they had. But Mother's Day, or what we in the church call Christian Family Sunday, is a complicated holiday. And here's why. You see, I am convinced that there is someone who is, is reading this message or listening to this podcast who has been wounded by hurtful or neglectful or even abusive parents. And so today you will be feeling very ambivalent about this special day we call Mother's Day or Christian Family Sunday, and that's okay. Or maybe you are the parent, the mother or the father, and you have done everything you possibly can to support and lovingly care for your child or maybe your grandchild, but you get nothing but abuse in return or they don't respond to your calls, they won't have anything to do with you, it could be a brother or sister, they neglect you completely, and if you're the mother or father, even though you were the one who got up with them in the middle of the night again and again, and when they were little, you tended to their every need, you are the one who changed their diapers, comforted them, helped them with their homework, drove them to endless hockey and ball practices, listened patiently and compassionately when they had their first heartbreak and also worked your butt off to put them through college or university. And this is the thanks you get. You too will be very ambivalent and being feeling very ambivalent 
about the day we are about to celebrate, the day we call Mother's Day or Christian Family Sunday. And that's okay. You have a right to your feelings. Or maybe you are worried about a child or a parent. Perhaps you fear the physical decline of your elderly parent or someone who has been like a loving parent to you. Or you are anxious because your adult child is going through a rough patch emotionally and you don't know how to help. Know that you are not alone and that many of us experience sleepless nights because we are distressed about a loved one's well-being. Or maybe you have lost a devoted parent or a much-loved child, and today only accentuates these feelings of loss. Or you very much wanted to have children, and it did not happen. You too will be feeling ambivalent about the upcoming Mother's Day or Christian Family Sunday. And that's okay. You also have a right to your feelings. Because family life is messy. It's complicated and certainly less than perfect. Jesus understood this. Think about his complicated relationship with his own mother. Jesus' relationship with Mary was really not very unlike what happens in many families. The first scene in the Gospels after the loveliness of the nativity occurs when Jesus is about 12 on the cusp of adolescence. The boy accompanies his family to Jerusalem for Passover week. After the celebrations, his family leaves, failing to notice that Jesus has been left behind. Searching for three frantic days, at last they find him in Herod's great temple among a group of elders who are amazed by his knowledge of the scriptures. When Mary questions him about his behavior, Jesus replies somewhat testily, Why did you come looking for me? Didn't you know I must be about my father's business? Okay, he was smart, perhaps a bit sassy. As the only glimpse we get of Jesus before the age of 30, it's a telling instance, however. Flash forward 20 years or so when Jesus begins his ministry in Galilee. There at the marriage in Cana, where he performs his first miracle, Mary accompanies him, complaining to her son that the hosts have run out of wine. He turns on her, Woman, what have I to do with you? My hour is not yet come. This sounds very harsh. His rudeness to his mother is inexplicable. It is definitely a sign that all is not well in Jesus' family. As we read the Gospels, it becomes apparent that his family is not happy with him. He is, for a start, attracting large crowds. He goes about healing people, casting out demons. In Mark chapter 3, verse 21, it's clear the family wishes he would cease and desist. He's out of his mind, they cry. Soon after this, Jesus brushes his own family aside and says dismissively, Here are my mother and my brothers. Whoever does God's will is my brother and sister and mother. Interestingly, we don't see Mary again until she stands in all her sorrow at the foot of the cross with a few other women who were close to her son. She was presumably a widow by this point, as Joseph is not mentioned.
Jesus, as her oldest son, is responsible for her well-being. And here he is, dying before her eyes in this public and humiliating way. Intriguingly, he summons his most beloved disciple, probably John, asking him to look after Mary when he is gone. Here is your mother, he says, and he entrusts his mother to John's care. But talk about a complicated parent-child relationship. A beautiful baby turns into a sassy youngster who then turns into a rude and seemingly uncaring adult and then finally becomes a loving and devoted son whose utmost concern is for his mother's welfare. In the course of his three decades, Jesus and Mary had a tender but complex relationship with many misunderstandings and no doubt a fair bit of pain too. Again, the stuff of family life writ large. Yet their relations ended on a note note of deep accord, with Mary actually becoming, in the end, a very important figure in the early church. Well, as Jesus said, here is your mother. This is what he says to the beloved disciple. This is what he says to John. Here is your mother. This was surely an act of profound love. In spite of his excruciating pain and suffering on the cross, Jesus was still able to think of his mother. In spite of all they had been through, all the times she had misunderstood him, and maybe he misunderstood her, even told him that he was crazy. Nevertheless, this final scene was filled with love and forgiveness. And so beyond the sentimentality and especially the commercialism of Mother's Day, there lies a deeper religious reality, an example of which we find in John's Gospel lesson. Namely, I give you a new commandment, says Jesus. As I have loved you, so you should love one another. Even when there's pain, even when the wounds go deep, even when our parents or our children cause us incredible heartache, still we are called to love as Christ loves us. Or at least to try. At least to try. Mother's Day may be challenging for you. You may feel alienated from your family. But remember, even if you find yourself separated from relatives and kinfolk, you are part of a vast family, the family of God. What's more, you are loved eternally. Indeed, God's love is of all loves excelling. May God grant you grace and peace this coming Sunday as we celebrate Christian Family Sunday, as we celebrate Mother's Day. May God grant you grace and peace, always. That's it for today, friends. Stay well and see you next Wednesday.